Welcome to our worship service from the United Methodist Church, Westlake Village, for this Sunday, March 7th, 2021. We are so glad that you have decided to join us for worship. We want to remind you that we are deep into the season of Lent, that time of the church year in which we engage in self-examination to prepare ourselves for the festival of the resurrection, Easter. Our Lenten devotional is underway and you can participate by purchasing the Amy Jill Levine uh, book entitled Towards the Kingdom of Heaven, a 40-day daily readings on the Sermon on the Mount and follow along in those daily readings. Our Lenten study classes meet on Monday and Thursday in the mornings and in the evenings. Uh, connect to one of those if you would like through our church office. Each study class will offer an opportunity to discuss the sermon, the material in there, and the material of the daily devotions. Now, if the virus spreading trends continue to decline, we hope to regather on campus for outside worship by Palm Sunday, maybe even by next Sunday. So, so stay tuned and uh, you'll get messages from the church office that will keep you abreast of how things are developing. Today is Communion Sunday, so I want to invite you to uh, find some bread and some juice and have them at the ready for yourselves because a little later after the sermon, we will participate in the sacrament and we would love to have you be prepared and able to participate uh, with us. If you are by yourself, serve yourself. If you are with somebody else, why don't you serve uh, the person with you and have that person serve you? Well, all right then. Let us now center ourselves in preparation for this time of worship. Today we continue with our sermon series on Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. We have looked at the Beatitudes and we've looked at that section that's called the Torah Extensions and Jesus' thoughts on, on piety. We have been challenged to consider how we might actually live into Jesus' words in our current lives. During these confusing and, well, quite frankly, distressing days, followers of Jesus are called to, to step up and become a solid witness to God's love and to God's grace, to God's spirit and truth. And you do that by being the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Be the salt. Be the light. We now turn to the Lord's Prayer, that particular act of piety Jesus highlighted as, as pretty much covering all the spiritual bases, saying it all for us. It's a prayer to memorize, if you haven't already, and use at least once daily to keep your head screwed on straight and your life pointed in the right direction. As we begin our worship today, let us center ourselves for a brief word of prayer. Holy God, we center ourselves as we begin this time of worship upon your presence here within ourselves and among us as we worship together. We pray that we might open our hearts and our minds to your holy word for us this day. That being nurtured and inspired by it, we would be led into truer discipleship 
and greater faithfulness. We pray this in your Son's name and for your purposes. Amen. children. Now's the time in our worship service where I invite you to come close to your TV screens, your computer monitors, your tablets. However we're worshiping together today, I'd love for you to come close so that we can experience this time together. Now, when you've had a dinner at your house and you're sitting around the table, have your parents ever done anything that surprises you, that takes you a little off guard and leaves you wondering? That's kind of what happened in our Celebrate Wonder story this week. The disciples and Jesus were sitting around a table having a meal during Passover when Jesus got up, took off his robes, put a towel around his waist, and went and washed the disciples' feet. Jesus poured water on the disciples' feet to teach them that they must serve as servants to spread God's love. As we go through this week, I invite us to think about what's one thing that we can do to serve others. It may not be washing your brother or sister's feet. It may not be washing your mom or dad's feet. But what's one thing that you can do to help out and be a servant? Last night, I was surprised because Mark and Maya came into my office and said, Mom, is it okay if we do the dishes? And my response was, yes, of course you can. I, I wanted to say, when would I stop you from doing dishes? But I was very thankful that they offered and that they followed through with that gift of service. It was a, their way of being like Jesus and continuing the work that he started. When you, do, when you help around the house, when you help in your community, you are being like Jesus and spreading God's love. Maybe it's that you want to make some meals from some people that are hungry and make sure that they're delivered to their homes. I know several of our youth and children do that as well. Let's find ways this week to do one thing that gives honor to God and shows God's, God's love. Let's take a moment to talk to God. Let us pray. Dear God, thank you for today. Thank you for tomorrow. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for washing the disciples' feet to remind us to serve and show your love. In your name we pray. Amen. Please join me in a moment of prayer. Awesome and almighty God, we greet you this day with praise and thanksgiving for the fact that you continue to invite us to sit at your feet, to learn from your words, and to see how you are inviting us to live in the world. Inspire us this day as we continue to live out the teachings of the Sermon on the Mount, as we continue to explore what it means to be blessed, how we can practice our piety, and how we truly can be salt 
of the earth and light to the world. Give us inspiration so that we truly can live as your beacons of light in a world that needs to feel and experience your love and grace. As a church community, we come to you this day with the prayers of our family and friends and those connected to us. We hold in prayer the family and friends of Pat Smith, who fell earlier this week and passed away after that fall. Be with her daughter, Tracy, as she, as she begins the work of getting Pat's affairs in order. O oh Lord, hear our prayers. We pray for Sonny Benjamin, who is recovering from pacemaker surgery, and as she works to make important decisions going forward. O oh Lord, hear our prayers. We join with Peggy Donovan lifting up prayers for her father, Cliff Montgomery, who has been placed on hospice for comfort care after a compression fra fracture caused by a fall. O oh Lord, hear our prayers. We join with the Shehorns in lifting up prayers for their grandson in Belgium, who injured his knee, needing innumerable stitches this week. O oh Lord, hear our prayers. We pray for Nate Hamaker, who broke his ankle skateboarding recently, offer healing and wholeness to him. O oh Lord, hear our prayers. We lift up prayers for Cindy Lampy's sister and niece, and all people who are experiencing situations like them, who have been displaced after the extreme weather in Texas that burst the pipes in their house, causing wa water damage. O oh Lord, hear our prayers. We pray for our communities as the vaccinations continue to roll out, addressing the coronavirus. For those who have received both shots, to those who are awaiting their place in the queue, and those who are anxious about the vaccine, and everyone in between, that we might see that there is still work to do, and the efforts that need to be made to keep our most vulnerable safe. O oh Lord, hear our prayers. We come to you with the prayers that are on our hearts this morning. O oh Lord, hear our prayers. We thank you especially for giving us a prayer to say that covers all the bases and allows us to be in communion with you. We join together in saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen.
Our scripture reading today is from Matthew chapter 6, verses 7 through 8. When you are praying, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory Many of you know that uh, my mom was an artist. She graduated from the, the Pratt Institute in New York City. I can remember that she taught art <coughs> in the public school system on, on Long Island and encouraged her children to pick up a brush and, and to have at it. And, and I think all four of us actually did do painting growing up. Uh, I know three of us uh, did it with some uh, particular earnest. And though sports was uh, my main interest as a, as a youngster, a little of her passion uh, rubbed off on me as well. So that when I got to a place in my life when I was uh, hungering to express that kind of side of myself, that aesthetic sensibility, I soon realized that it would be uh, a great benefit to get some advice. Now, mom had, had passed on by this time, so I sought tips from a local artist. Learning how to do something from a pro or a solid practitioner of the craft is a wise decision. It speeds the effort along and, and resources the development and your growth in it. Today's scripture 
touches upon this wisdom. The disciples knew they had in Jesus a a gifted spiritual practitioner, and they were wise enough and, and humble enough to seek his counsel. Now, in Luke 11, they ask him directly to teach them how to pray. In our, in our Matthew passage, the same outcome is accomplished by Jesus sharing about it in terms of their practice of piety. We've been gathering together at Jesus' feet these recent weeks, opening ourselves up to the spiritual wisdom that is contained in his Sermon on the Mount. And through all the different sections of it, up until uh, today's part on the Lord's Prayer, we have had advice from the best on how to handle ourselves spiritually. There's... Today, Jesus gives some real good advice on how to pray. Now, Amy Jill Levine, who is serving as a resource for us in this sermon series, she talks about a variety of purposes for prayer. And, and I want to and encourage you to think about whether you use your prayer life for any of these purposes that Dr. Levine picks up. First is to express our honesty of feelings, our worry or our anger, our thanksgiving, and our celebration. Another purpose is to improve our relationship with the divine. To unite ourselves to our present community and also to our past developing that kind of generational conductivity. For example, are you aware that in saying the Lord's Prayer, you're saying a prayer that Christians have prayed for over two millennia? You are in a long line of faithful. Another purpose is to remind ourselves that we are all not in the same place of life. Some of us are joyful, while others are sorrowful. Some of us are, are thankful for health, and others of us are concerned about how we are ailing. To help develop our, our sense of discernment, our spiritual or or otherwise ability to see what's going on in life and in our lives. Helps us to avoid temptation. Helps us to make good decisions. Now all of these purposes and others that might come to your mind that weren't mentioned by Levine are, are accomplished in Jesus' prayer that he offers to his disciples we are the great beneficiaries of this shared wisdom. Well, that is, if we put this prayer to use regularly. As I mentioned earlier, I, I say the prayer at least once a day, and it is a central part of my devotional life. As I practice, as I develop, as I grow, as I, as I seek to express my, my piety, work to shape and mature my soul, the Lord's Prayer is an essential part of that. I hope you do it as well. I hope you say it often as well. Or perhaps because of the impact of today's worship on you, you will now start a new tradition in your acts of piety. So the Lord's Prayer appears in two places in our scriptures. In Matthew, as we heard in today's scripture reading, and in Luke. Now, in both places, I'd like you to take a look at that. In both places, they're not the same. Yet they are essentially the same. You know, the Lord's Prayer also appears in the, the Didache, a manual for spiritual life in the early church. This is a great document. You can Google it, D-I-D-A-C-H-E. 
Look it up and, and read it. It's a marvelous little document that gives us a glimpse on, on how, the, how the early church was evolving from this Jesus movement into a little bit more organized of an effort of religion. It talks about the Eucharist in this book. It talks about baptism and it talks about prayer. The Lord's Prayer and the Didache is, is essentially the same also. And so we should have a pretty high confidence in this remembered teaching of Jesus. Now, I don't want you to get distracted by where it is different. Some of us say trespasses. Some of us say debts. Some of us say sins. If you've caught on to the ecumenical movement in the last 20 years, maybe you've moved your Lord's Prayer to forgive us our sins instead of our trespasses. If you paid attention today, you heard Nick singing the Lord's Prayer with one forever at the end, yet you heard Rachel saying forever and forever at the end. Pope Francis has some semantic changes he wants to make around the part of the Lord's Prayer that talks about temptation. Now, none of these variants strike at the heart of the matter of this prayer. And we have already learned from Jesus that the heart of the matter is the heart of the matter. So I want you to relax, I want you to be at peace, and I want you to pray. The prayer is beautiful as a whole, and each segment, each phrase of the prayer stands out on its own in its spiritual insight and its meaning. So I want to take a quick look at, at each segment of the prayer, highlighting its focus and what I think might be its value for us. So walk along with me with this. It begins with our Father. And the prayer itself is sometimes called our Father. Now, I want to say just straight up here, if, if you've had an abusive father and you find it really hard to start a prayer to our divine being that has given us all of life, that has set in motion the cosmos, if you find it hard to get out the words our father at the start of this prayer and you'd rather say our parent or something else that facilitates your connection with God, be at peace, be blessed, and pray. God is above and beyond and inclusive of both of our genders. We don't want to stumble over our language and because of that stumble in our relationship with God. We are out of this one God self, male and female together. So, however it is that you can beckon your connection with the divine. Do that. Have it be a word that is intimate, like Jesus has chosen. Have it reflect the parental nature of God for you. God as provider, as protector, as, as compassionate being that looks down in mercy and love and forgiveness upon all of us, upon you. You want something that evokes the closeness of this relationship. That makes it clear to you that you are a beloved child of the divine. And so that is how we start the prayer. In Jesus' words, Abba. Who art in heaven, we say. This God to whom we pray is the supreme God, is the God of all the gods. If you're going to put up any other God in your world, in the world of the past two millenniums, what we are saying in this prayer is that God is above all, is 
reigning in the heavens. We state it, we own it. It's a reality that covers our lives and our attitudes. Hallowed be thy name. We are not making God sacred. God is sacred in God's self. But we are owning in our heart that we hold God sacred when we say, Hallowed be thy name. We're giving that over to God. We are allowing God to be God in our lives, in our minds, in our thoughts. We are honoring God. Hallowed be thy name. We are honoring God. And we are putting ourselves in the doing of that in a, well, in a right, subordinate kind of place in relation to God. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thou name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. You know, there are other competing kingdoms in life, other wills that we are tempted to follow, and we assert our desire for God's kingdom to be manifest in this world in our lives, and we recognize that maybe God's will might be at odds with the will of the world, and we claim allegiance to that will, to God's will, and we state it clearly that we support it. Your kingdom come, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Of all the kingdoms in this world, of all the wills that attempt to assert themselves upon us or we are tempted to embrace. In this prayer, we remind ourselves that it is God's kingdom to which we seek to belong, that we want around us. And it is God's will that we seek to understand and to do. On earth, as it is in heaven. We assume God being God, that God's will is being done in heaven. We pray that it might be done more and more and more on earth. And in the saying of this, we place ourselves among those people who are kingdom people, who are seeking as best they can on all occasions, in all circumstances, to discern and do God's will. Not necessarily the most convenient thing or the easiest thing, but God's will. Because in the doing of God's will, God's kingdom is manifest and comes in our time and place, and that is what we want. Each day, we pray this, each day seeking to align ourselves with God's will that we might be God's people, kingdom people. Now that is a whole lot going on there in the first couple phrases and sentences of this prayer. Pretty rich, pretty full of aspiration and intent and honoring, praising of God. And then we say straight out, give us this day our daily bread. We petition God and we pray that we might be sustained in our lives. We remember how we are told that God cares for all of God's creatures, the sparrow, the lilies of the field. And we pray that God would care 
for us, that we would understand God's care in our life and that we would feel a part in a oneness with God's creation. Give us this day the bounty of this created life. And as we seek the food of sustenance, we then move to the food of relationship. What makes it possible to rejoice in our being with one another or makes it possible even to be with one another. And we pray Jesus' wisdom and say, and forgive us our trespasses, our debts, our sins, as we forgive those trespasses, debts, and sins of others. Forgiveness helps reconcile and restore the balance of relationships. And we ask no more for ourselves than we are willing to offer to others. And that's the superior wisdom of Jesus. That's the key spiritual truth of this phrase. Help us, Lord God, to offer to others what we need and claim for ourselves. Forgiveness. Teach us the ways of love and mercy, the building blocks of relationship and society. And do not lead us into temptation. Now, this is where Pope Francis is, is getting involved. There's a little um, concern that many of us do not see things our temptations, our difficulties in life as something that God would possibly lead us into by God's volition. We recall Jesus' wilderness temptations, and Scripture says that the Spirit led Jesus into that circumstance. We're not sure that we could do that, sustain those temptations the way Jesus did. We recognize that we are very much like Jesus in Gethsemane where we are praying that the cup would pass from us. Do not put us to the test, Lord God. And so we pray, if at all possible, help us in the avoiding of temptation in the sustaining of ourselves through temptations. Deliver us, Lord God, from evil. Yet if we face evil, if we are put in the place of its presence and need to combat it, save us and empower us, Lord God. Deliver us, from evil. Help us to turn to you in the face of evil as Jesus did. Help us to turn to you and be delivered, to be shielded, to be saved, to be protected from evil. Sustain us in our lives. Renew our relationships. Protect us from evil. For thine, Lord God, is the kingdom, is the power and the glory. Again, we go back as we did in the beginning. We go back to the stance of humility, bowing, kneeling, and supplication to God, honoring God, praising God for God's sovereignty in this cosmos 
for God's sovereignty in our world and for our thankfulness that we can tune into that sovereignty and live in right connection to God. So we end the prayer the way we began it, by praising God forever and forever. Amen. What is amen? That's it. Let it be for me this way. Let it be for me. Let it be so. This all I affirm and I stand upon it. Amen. And amen, we say, as we end this prayer. Make it be so for me for us. Well, that is a powerful prayer. Our friend Richard Rohr writes in Jesus' plan for a new world that Jesus gives us seven simple statements, simple, simple statements of petition that align our prayer with the eternal and the effective will of God. I like that clear, simple statement on his part. He says, as opposed to placating an angry God, is that what you think you're doing in your prayer? Are you trying to placate an angry God? And he says, as opposed to talking a reluctant God into some things that this God would rather not do for you. Is that what you think you're doing in prayer? Convincing God to be nice? Surely, God does not need to be placated or convinced to be a God of love and mercy in our lives. Seven simple statements of petition to align our prayer with the eternal and the effective will of God. This is Jesus' transforming initiative. An alternative, he says, of babbling like the pagans. Pray like this. Your Lord whispers to your soul. Prayer helps us to get into the right alignment with God. In the Lord's Prayer, we praise God. We pledge our allegiance to God's intentions for us and for our creation. And we petition God to sustain us physically, to assist us in our healthy relationships, and to spiritually support us in our times of challenge. It really does cover the, the waterfront of our interests and our concerns in life. What would be our hopes and our hurts, our fears and our aspirations. It's, it's all in there. The prayer perfectly fits with the advice about piety that Jesus offers before and after it in our Matthew passage. It focuses on God in an intimate and a private kind of way, though the prayer asserts the collective nature of this spiritual yearning that we all share and have for right relationship with God. It is not ostentatious. Rather, it, it's really down to earth in an honest and a authentic and a plain way. 
And it does not heap up empty words upon empty words upon one another. Rather, it directly gets to the point with a brevity and a clarity. What could be better? What could be better or otherwise necessary for our prayer life? Very little else, really, if anything at all. Make this prayer yours. Write it on your heart and your soul. Memorize it if you have not already. Hold it close. Let it permeate and affect your attitudes, what you choose to say, what you choose to do. Nothing is spiritually better than this, to connect to your loving and merciful God. Amen. the opportunity to say thank you to the God who sustains us and abides with us when we are in moments of trial. The ways in which we say thank you are many by giving our gifts, financial and, and our spiritual gifts as well, to the pleasure of God. In just a few moments, we will have the opportunity to give our gifts to God. Information will be shared on the screen as we receive special music from Clipper Erickson as he plays his rendition of the Lord's Prayer.
The Lord be with you and let us lift up our hearts and give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give you thanks, Almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. You brought all things into being and called them good. From the dust of the earth you formed us into your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. When rain fell upon the earth, 40 days and 40 nights, you bore up the ark on the waters, saved Noah and his family, and established an everlasting covenant with every living creature upon the earth. When you delivered us from slavery and made us your covenant people, you led Moses to your mountain for 40 days and 40 nights and gave us your teachings. You led us through the wilderness for 40 years and brought us to the promised land. When we forsook your covenant, you led your prophet Elijah to your mountain where as he fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he heard your still small voice. When you gave your only son, Jesus Christ, to save us from our sin, your spirit led him into the wilderness where he fasted 40 days and 40 nights in preparation for his ministry. When he suffered and died on a cross for our sin, you raised him to life, presented him alive to the apostles during 40 days days and exalted him at your right hand that we might be raised as the people of your new covenant from sin and death to everlasting life. And now when we, your people, prepare for your yearly paschal feast of your son's death and resurrection, you lead us to repentance from our sin and the cleansing of our hearts that during these 40 days of Lent we may become prepared to renew our covenant with you. Truth. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Truly holy are you, and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. On the night his disciples betrayed and deserted him, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, and offered it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, and offered it to his disciples, saying, Drink from this, all of you. This is the blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Therefore, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we ask you to accept this sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving as we offer, which we offer in union with Christ's sacrifice for us as a holy and living surrender of ourselves. As we proclaim the mystery of faith, Christ, Christ has died, Christ, Christ is, is risen, Christ, Christ will come, come again. again. Send your power of the Holy Spirit upon us, upon the gifts of bread and cup, whether they be in or wherever they be in our cyber universe, that in the breaking of this bread and the drinking of this cup, we may know the presence of the living Christ, be one body with him, cleansed by his blood, faithfully serve him in the world, and look forward to his coming in final victory. Through him, with him, in him, in unity with the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen.
God. We trust that this service has been a blessing to you. May you live through the Spirit this week in a special way that supports the, the health of your soul and the well-being of those that are around you. Let the Lord's Prayer be a special resource for you this week for renewed faith and spiritual vigor, for living a life of peace and justice, mercy, and love. You live in a partnership with God to be your best selves and to help the world become what God would have it be. It is as much a privilege as it is a responsibility to be about this kind of life. Make your loved ones proud that you are living well. Be safe. Stay healthy and know that you are loved. Amen.